Welcome to the Emotioneering Podcast with me, Melissa Curran, founder and CEO of the Modern Mind Group. We're dedicated to improving your people skills so that you can have better relationships with others for a much more fulfilling life or career. People skills are not just a nice to have, they're a have to have. So when it comes to organizations as well, this really does impact the workplace and the results that you'll get from that. We're going to be delving into topics such as emotional intelligence, communication, leadership, workplace well-being, mental health, culture, and performance. I'm going to be answering your questions on all of these topics and sharing some insights from my career to help you move forward and definitely emotioneer a modern mindset. Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel or on the Facebook page as well as LinkedIn. We look forward to connecting with you there. Often we can have a great team of people, but there's gaps in performance. There's gaps in their knowledge and their skill for where you want the business to go. And it can often be that we focus on the acquisition of new customers, or we focus on getting the new commercial contracts in, getting the sales, getting the leads through the marketing. And we take our eye off the ball when it comes to the development of our people and the performance that we have. So we're getting it in on the front end and we're losing it on the back end in terms of revenue. So it's all about the people and the profits. You know, I, I know you care about those things. I care about them too. But it's about aiming to look at it with new perspective today, some of these challenges, and then figuring out, well, how can I actually overcome that? Your new enthusiastic and motivated employees are leaving within one year or within two. This is potentially costing your business up to £15,000 per employee. That's a lot. There's a, a lot of money that you could be losing through the recruitment, through the time and resource it took to train that person. But why are they leaving? Often the values or the things that were sold to that individual when they first started or they had the, you know, the um, interview often don't transpire into actually what is going on within the culture. So what can happen is leader, senior leadership can think, oh, yeah, this is exactly what is happening. And then when you peel back the onion or on the front line, it's a completely different story. So that could be potentially it. Or that they're looking to have more of an impact. And, and I mean, all new employees want to have an impact, but it's more about helping them develop in that time. I mean, it's, it, of course, impact within an organization takes a lot longer than maybe some people believe that it should these days. Um, but it, it's about how do you nurture that person? How do you nurture that skill, that enthusiasm, and help them to stay motivated and stay on board throughout uh, the early sort of period within the business. Unmotivated team members is, of course, a challenge for any business, but specifically when you don't have enough of the leadership to be able to cultivate uh, a better sort of working culture and environment or people that are actually experienced to do that and know how to drive employee engagement. A Zoom quiz isn't going to fix it. Running a quick competition isn't going to fix it. It will, it will do something momentarily. Of course it will. But it's not going to necessarily change the challenges that you have within the operational 
structure, the, the culture, the environment long term. We have to address the things that people are not saying because when they're unmotivated, they're potentially looking for another job. They're potentially trying to consider where their future lies. And are we communicating with those people? They often want to know what the company goal is to see whether actually am I aligned with this? Is this going where I want to go? You know, what's the outlook for us? And it can be the burden of knowledge. We can know exactly what is happening from a business strategy perspective, but how is that being communicated to the frontline employee? How is that being communicated to the people you have? If you ask, I tell you what, do this test. Ask somebody who you haven't spoken to maybe in a while, what the business goal is for this year. Maybe it's your OKR. Ask them what the business goal is. Do they know the answer? Is it aligned? Is it close to what the answer is? Maybe ask a few people. But often people that are unmotivated haven't really got eyes on the goal. They're not really sure now of why they're meant to be doing something. And as leaders, we're there to guide and help them to do that. So many of us have seen the film, The Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. Now, there's many businesses out there that expect the environment to be like that. Let me tell you now, your customers don't want that and your employees certainly don't want that either. It's not a, a great environment. Of course, you want the energy and the enthusiasm. But come on, there was a lot wrong with the way that the, the environment was. That's not what you want. You want empathetic, compassionate human beings that can interact with other people and build great relationships. Not this very egocentric environment for people because that's not inclusive. That's not an inclusive work environment. It pushes people out. It makes everybody feel like they are the top dog or they're the person that is the one bringing in the money or bringing home the bacon. And, and you want people to feel great about what they do and give them recognition, but they have to work as a team. It has to be this collaborative approach, not a dog eat dog world. And for some reason, there's this situation where we often think that that's the way that it should be no it, it definitely shouldn't be that way and I have worked somewhere that was a little bit like what was going on with the Wolf of Wall Street very entertaining for the uh, short period of time that I was there for um, you know it was great I was in I was in my early 20s and I thoroughly enjoyed it at the time but it wasn't it wasn't going to drive performance and learning and and the business growth long term that business is now dissolved so Think about what you want. You want your people to be aligned with what you're, you're doing, the mission, the goals, have the right values and do things for the right reasons, right? You want a coaching culture. That's often what we want within a business so that other people help other people. They share what's going on. The challenge is that no one's sharing best practice, but also who is the person that is the best person to share that best practice. So you want to choose the employee that has the best attitude that aligns with the values and the goals of the company, as well as best performance. So track that, put that into, you know, terms, of, have a look at the employees that you have, put it into a graph, work out who that person is. It, it, often they are right in front of our face and we don't even realize until we stop to think about it. 
You don't want the person with the highest performance that does it the wrong way to go share in best practice. That's going to give you a toxic work culture and they're probably not going to help them align with the business. And again, it could end up in an egocentric um, environment rather than a collaborative teamwork environment that you're looking for. Also, if you're looking for a coach, it has to be a motivating, empowering person that you have as a coach to your people that can help them believe in their potential rather than just do it this way because it works. That, that's not what you want. You want them to help them believe in the possibilities, believe in change, guide them through fear uh, to better performance. I have already mentioned it slightly. We want teamwork. We want this collaboration, this coordination, not everybody going off doing their own thing. Because if everybody's doing their own thing, there's gaps in performance. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes we've got to try new things, give it a trial, but we need feedback and we need to know what the kind of parameters were of trying something new. That's down to leadership. It's about leadership noticing the relationships and the dynamics within the team that they have and helping to support the teamwork and the collaboration. If they are rewarding and recognizing people that are more egocentric, you know, the I fly solo, I'm the eagle kind of personalities, then that isn't going to breed a, a teamwork and a collaborative approach. Also, asking for information, asking for feedback, a teamwork and collaboration approach is about asking a question to your team and giving them all the opportunity to bring ideas to the table, share challenges, their thoughts, their ideas. Some will come with solutions, some will come with problems, but together you should be able to come up with something that really helps. Can you shape a culture? I worked somewhere where it was very much about the teamwork because they named themselves as individuals. So I'll give you an example. You guys listening, I call you the Emotioneers, right? You've, you've kind of adopted that. You follow the Emotioneering podcast. You are in the newsletter and you're Emotioneers. So what does it mean to be an Emotioneer? There's, there's been proven ways that this works. Uh, one of the biggest ones is with the New Zealand rugby team. The New Zealand rugby team Many of us don't call them the New Zealand rugby team for a reason. We call them the All Blacks. The All Blacks have a philosophy. They have principles. They have values that they all share by and they all work towards. It's not about just how good you are on that pitch. It's about being collaborative. It's about that team effort and that approach to what you do and abiding by those kind of you know, rules um, that they have set themselves, not somebody else. They've, they've created them together. Another challenge that we often have in a small to medium business is that you've chosen people to be promoted to leadership, potentially based off how good a performer they were, but they may have had no experience in actually people management or how to lead teams before. It is true that so many leaders will actually fail within the first 18 months. So if you have appointed somebody into the position of leadership, now there's a lot of peer um, challenges here as well, where they've you know, potentially seen somebody rise um, uh, you know, within the team and have become 
the manager or the leader of people that maybe they were just friends with right sort of six months ago so that's a dynamic that will also require your support as senior leadership how are we helping these people to upskill and learn what it means to coach other people now you could outsource that to somebody else that was a great coach or leader you could help them yourself because you have been through those experiences and I understand it's time bound but if you spend the time at the beginning it will be so much better for you in terms of the overall team performance but what you allow will continue and people will start to leave if that leader hasn't had those skills and that development so help them you know you you pick them because you believe that they were your favorite or best employee with the best performance so aren't they worth that training and that level of skill that you were looking for from them you saw their potential but that that's not going to happen by magic they're going to need help with that in a small to medium business when it comes to performance I would call it a leaky bucket I see it everywhere it doesn't matter where you go many companies will focus on growing the business in terms of their customer acquisition their commercial contracts how are they selling what what money is coming in they're not realizing how much we're actually losing on the back end so it is a leaky bucket ultimately if you've got a bucket with holes and you keep pushing the water into the top it's going to come out of the holes right and you're still going to be running around thinking well hang on a minute but I thought we were doing great I thought we were doing great we're getting all these new contracts in but people are leaving you're having complaints your customers aren't happy with the level of service that they're potentially getting so they're leaving it's a of course it's a balancing act I'm not saying it, it it's not but it's being aware of those and rather than it be aware of it now rather than it come and bite you on the bum and be like oh my gosh now what are we going to do allow yourself to take that time to really reflect on what is happening in the organization are there policies and procedures are there standard operating procedures SOPs have they been put in place I'm very much about the people over the process but let's help the people to understand the process too so that they can make recommendations for change they can give it a go in that way and maybe help you improve the the future but it is a leaky bucket if you haven't stopped to realize it is you know 15,000 pounds on losing a, a brand new person to the organization it is important how much does it cost to get a new customer how much does it cost from a lost customer because the life cycle of the customer that you had you expected to be a certain amount but because there's underperformance or people aren't being held accountable to certain situations or trained or developed your customers are getting angry about the level of service that they're receiving or the product that they now have so be mindful of that uh, it is something worth spending some time over and you could be listening on here now thinking well I do develop my people I, I put them on training workshops and also I get training companies to come in and do some training for us but then nothing happens Mel so I'm trying to develop them and nothing changes we have a temporary spike in performance so I see someone change and then a couple of months down the line it's back to square one again yep absolutely because what we think learning is classroom training you know courses books which I do and love 
it's not just that. It's the follow-up. It's actually coming back and saying, hey, did you give it a go? How did it, how did it go? Did it improve? And also, if you send somebody on a course to learn something that you don't know, how are you going to coach them or help them to follow that up? You don't have to be on the pitch, but you do have to have the game plan, right? Alex Ferguson, I'm, I'm sure he could kick a football about if he wanted to. He didn't have to be Ryan Giggs, but he had to understand every aspect of being that player. He had to understand every challenge that somebody would go through. But he was, if he was expecting to do something, he needed to understand it himself first, right? To be the generalist, not the expert. That person will eventually be the expert, but to understand it. Or do you have somebody else that understands it in the organization so that you can help them to guide or be a mentor for the person that you just put on the training course? But if they're the only one with the knowledge, then how effective is it going to be in follow-up? What do they need to start implementing? Like I said, there will be a temporary change, which is great, but who's going to carry that through? Where's the accountability? Where's the coaching? Where's the motivation or the goal setting based on that particular training, training workshop or that skill that you wanted them to learn? Because change is difficult it isn't, it, we plant the seeds in the training room. We plant the seeds in the classroom. The classroom, it won't be replaced. That is what we do. We inspire, we motivate, we plant the seeds. But how they get nurtured, when they start to put and execute on those actions, on those things that they were taught or they were helped to understand, that's where the magic happens. It's not just after the classroom. The magic happens over time. But if there's no one reminding them of that, then nothing's going to change. And we know through change, there's fear and there's lack of courage. So who's also guiding that person through that and holding them slightly accountable? If they're quite good at holding themselves accountable, then brilliant. But we're not all like that. Hmm. Food for thought, right? And you may be now thinking, well, I have someone that looks after learning and performance. Or I have a champion that I've designated to look after that area for me whilst they also have their other job. I get it. Maybe the budget isn't there for a training manager or a HR manager to, to deal with all of that for you. I understand that. So you've put someone as the champion. The challenge is now, though, that that person also still has their day job. So, and I've sat on this side of the fence where, I've worked with a business, I've been in the business and someone has said, okay, Melissa, you can, can you help other people do that? Of course, of course, that's me. I want to do that. But when your back's against the wall as a business and suddenly you realize you've got to hit, I don't know, monthly targets. So you put that person back on the phone, they get dragged back into operations. They don't have that singular focus. They get pulled into meetings, other projects, because when you've started to kind of champion something, you're seeing it as a project and not business as usual. The business as usual stuff or the other, pro <laughs> the other projects you're seeing as business as usual, they get dragged into. So there's only going to be a certain amount of improvement when that situation is happening. And that's okay there, but there's many things that you can do to overcome that or to find that if you can take it a little bit more seriously and dedicate the priority for it, it'll work. I spent a lot of time putting together 
standard operating procedures for a company. The thing is, they're pretty uninspiring. Be honest, they are documents and it's reading and it's policy. Find a way to make that come alive. Find a way to do it. There are people in your organization that can help you to do that because 33% of people will say that uninspiring content is a barrier to learning. So how are we helping the people learn? Who is helping you do that? So it's just something to think about in terms of the way that you produce the content. Don't get me wrong, having something there is better than nothing. Again, it's about improvement. Put something there, improve it. As long as the content and the actual things that are in there are helpful and bring value, do it. But it has to be improved at some point and done again. Or could you find a quicker, more effective, not quicker, less effective, quicker and more effective way of communicating what you want to communicate to your team? And another critical and last challenge that I want to talk about today is your low critical mass. Your head count of your employees makes it difficult to bring them out for training. So we know, especially when we're working remote now, that we can do sort of quicker workshops, fast paced things. But who does everything else that needs to be done? So finding ways to help them to learn that they can do in their own time or around the operations is great. So if you haven't got software or technology that allows them to download an app on their phone and use it or use learning management software when they have the time to expand their e-learning or then there's designated time for them to do that or they can learn in their own time, then definitely have a look at that. There are so many different brands and software out there on the market that you can use that aren't going to cost you a pretty penny. You don't need to be paying you know, 12 to 15,000 pound a year to have a learning management system. If you're under 100 employees, there are some great ones out there that you can use. And I would highly recommend that you research and you look into it. Thanks for listening to the Emotioneering podcast with me, Melissa Curran today. It's been great. Remember to subscribe to Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or all three. You can also come to the website, modernmindgroup.com where you can subscribe there stay in contact and let us know what you really think give us the feedback this is going to get better by knowing what you think Uh, has this given you food for thought has it helped you change something what has it inspired let us know because that's why we're doing it it's all about the people 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 (laughs) have a great day and ciao for now